Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, December 19th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about embracing a mobile-first philosophy from a design standpoint, not just a build standpoint. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello there. Hello. How's it going? Keurig wouldn't brew. Oh, for her. <laughs> I fixed it, though. How did you fix it? Um. Well, I reset it, and then it still didn't brew. What do you mean you... And then I did... Then I, <laughs> well, no, I turned it off and back on. Oh, um, reboot. Yeah. And then I started to panic, because that didn't <laughs> fix it. Um... But yeah, I I took the took the cake up out and and tried to just run it through with an imp, I mean, with with no cup in there, and it worked. And then after that, it was working again. So I don't I don't know. You got a dud dud cup. Yeah, like it didn't puncture the bottom well enough or something. I think might have been the issue. Mm. And so there was too much pressure, and it was like, oh, nope, not gonna do it. <laughs> I don't know. That's it, it was it was scary. Yeah, I'd be like cold sweating. Yeah. Yikes! Well, it's all good now. I have my my large mug of face burningly hot coffee. So excellent. Me too, from the same source. Uh, cool. Well, it is. We are getting right up to the holidays here in the U.S. So I know we, we have a million things going on. So shall we survive today? Yeah. <laughs> We can maybe possibly survive. Oh, it is Friday, isn't it? Yes. Cool. Well, speaking of the holidays, just a quick bit of housekeeping. Your schedule will probably be, a, I'm sure it will be a little wacky next week, but I think we'll be able to hit our normal uh, release date. We'll figure something out um, both next week and around New Year's. So yes. uh, don't, uh, if you're looking for something to do over your holiday weekend, we'll be there for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can spend your boxing day with us. Yeah, it wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a Boxing Day without niching your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of excited to jump into the feature straight away because uh, it's another one of those ones that uh, I can just sit back and listen. No, I'm I'm counting on your input on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've been working on a uh, FSP. I have. I've been working on an FSP, which is a TLA. Yeah. Yes, fun fun side project. Fun side project with a friend that um it it's all about applying constraints to things like we normally do online. Um particularly particularly social media things. Hmm. But it got me to thinking um about just constraints in general and and how powerful those can be sometimes. Right. And this is in and then my mind went to in relation to an email you received actually right after we finished recording the podcast last week. Mm -hmm. And if you want to, to talk about that for a minute. Yeah, okay. sure. The um it was in response to the mobile last post I made and it was um uh someone wrote in to say um it, there someone wrote in to pick on a particular thing I said in that article which was that um, if you 
we're going to pick desktop or mobile and just do one, which I don't think you need to do. Let's get that out in the open. But if you were going to pick one, then you should pick mobile because that is where the majority, it's a slight majority, but that's where the majority of usage is. And it's rapidly on the increase. So yeah, and you if know, it works on mobile, it works on the desktop, whereas the opposite is not necessarily true. Exactly. So, um, okay, so let's just take that for granted and not get into the, the fight about that. But, um, okay. but the response, he's all, well, I'll tell you why um, you wouldn't do that. And his, and his answer was that it's the desktop experience is more immersive, implication being that that is better. And then went on to describe a couple of sort of analogies that I really don't think were appropriate. One was, uh, but they were very telling. Mm-hmm. Um, the Specifically, there was one about, um, you know, desktop is like first class and mobile is like coach. They just don't compare. And I was like, I mean, that kind of summed it up for me right there, which is that he's sort of predisposed to seeing mobile as he even used the word watered down version of desktop. And, right. you know, and, and I'm sure the dear listener will not be surprised to learn that I think, uh, and, and Kelly too, that it's the, it's the exact opposite where mobile is a way more powerful device that is on you all the time. It's always on, it's virtually always connected and you can, right. it has so From, many more sensors. There's so many more things you can do with it and to call it watered down just because the screen is smaller seems uh, short-sighted. short-sighted. Yeah. Yeah, from a from a renders JavaScript as quickly as your iMac and has a large screen standpoint, then yeah, it's 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 not quite as powerful. Mm-hmm. But from from a sales marketing reach standpoint and all of these other technical aspects, like you said, sensors and and that sort of thing, then then mobile is is way ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but this got this got me to thinking. Um, you know, if if mobile experiences are quote unquote watered down by nature then to me that that seems like uh you know the times i've seen seen that be like the biggest issue is um maybe someone starts their site and maybe their their project and maybe they're building mobile first but they're still designing desktop first they have an end goal of what they want the site to look like on the desktop and everything they do is working toward that goal Right versus versus working within the constraints of the small screen or the the limitations you may have on mobile, and building the best mobile experience you can, and and then going forward and from there. Right, like envisioning, like instead of instead of hobbling mobile because you're trying to hit some goal desktop design. Right, re- like you just want em- to work on mobile. mobile. Yeah, like the like mobile first doesn't mean just build for mobile first it means like embrace mobile take advantage of everything it can do like it drives me crazy when i go to a website that asks me to fill in my you know like a store locator type of thing that makes me fill in the zip code what the reason i'm on your phone yeah and the reason i'm using the store locator is because i'm traveling i know where the target is near my house right i don't know the zip code when i'm at a hotel so just fill it right. in. It should be able to should be able to use like the GPS on your phone and be like, oh, yeah. you are here. Yeah. Anyway, or, or other various many many other forms of geolocation services that yeah, exist. Yeah, triangulation, anything. Anyway. Yeah. IP sniffing, whatever. So yeah. So just an example of of 
so that's an interesting. I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about that because I never yeah, think we that way a, anyway. But we, we, yeah, we talk about it a lot from a from a technical perspective of building mobile first. But from a from a design and conceptual standpoint, I don't think we've we've touched on it nearly as much. Right, right. I'm actually working on a on, on a piece that ties in with this, which is specifically for like retailers. The people who are usually really pushing hard for native apps on mobile and for like really immersive desktop experiences are like the marketing people and yeah. the branding people. And and I'm like using a layout because it's usually what it is like using a layout to communicate your branding is really hard in this situation. But the layout is probably if you ask me, it's a really weak way to for most people to um, most most retailers anyway to communicate their brand, they should be thinking about yeah. But it's the about, way it's traditionally been done, right? They're thinking about circulars and they're thinking about display ads and catalogs. Mm -hmm. But think about like like you get so much more brand out of typography, color, photography, voice. Never mind like product mix and pricing and all all of that stuff. And all that stuff translates so easily. And if you just like lighten up a little bit about, you know, the parallax scrolling on the homepage, <laughs> no one, no one came to your site to marvel in the parallax scrolling on your homepage. They came right. to buy a product. They came to find your hours. They came to read your menu. They came to apply for a job. Even if they are blown away by your parallax scrolling, even if they marvel at that for two seconds, they don't care about it after that. They will scroll right past it to get to the thing they actually came for. So I feel like that kind of ties into what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's interesting you say that about brand because I mean when you think of when you think of Apple's brand, you don't think of a layout, right? You think, you think of, of color, a logo, you think of some type, white some color. space. Yeah. But anyway, so what's the what can you talk about the side project yet to give a little more context to what you mean by constraints? Um, I guess I could talk about it and that's far enough along, but I haven't, haven't consulted with my, my friend about speaking about it publicly yet. So, uh, I probably want to hold off. When, when you say constraints, do you mean like you purposely putting constraints on yourself to moderate your time on social media or is it more like moderate your time and moderate the, um, the amount of content you create, huh. I guess in, in, in the, in the assumption that if you're inherently creating less content, or if you're creating less content, then it's then you're it's going to be of higher quality. That's interesting. So I I definitely I you're flipping the the sort of uh, horse and cart around for me because I have often said to people that a lot of when you're when you're embarking on a responsive design you can get mm -hmm. a lot of times you get like desktop comps first and yeah. or they've got an existing site that they want to retrofit for mobile right. and so you're like okay how many you know and then there's certain things that are going to be really hard to make work in both scenarios but if yeah you, there are some sometimes you need there's there's the occasion where you need different markup or what have you, but yeah, that's a big that's a big deal. Different markup or if, if they want some kind of different URL structure, that's a deal breaker mm -hmm. too. But but so a lot of times they'll come to you with like a desktop design, and you're like, if you could just change a couple things about this, it would be really it would be. I don't want to say e easier. It would be easier to develop, but I don't think that ease of development is really the most important thing in the world. Um, right. You know, certainly a lot of marketers don't care when they hear that. They're like, what's the difference? I'll throw another couple grand at it. I want it to look like this. But the bigger deal is that if 
when you when you present someone with something that's going to be hard to develop, the reason it's hard usually is because it's not going to perform well in different places. So you have to do all these hacks to either turn it off on certain phones or come up with some kind of secondary, like a fallback, uh, you know, how is this going to degrade gracefully? And it becomes really, really hard. And, and, the, and, and again, I don't mean hard for the development. It becomes hard to make it good. Right. It, it gets to a point where logically, I mean, there's one thing about, oh, this is, this is hard to code. And then there's, there's this is hard to code. And then there's, this is, doesn't make sense to code. Yeah, like this is, we're solving this problem in the wrong way type of hard. Yeah. So like we had, we did something, we had to do something recently where we were both complaining about all the math we had to do. And <laughs> yeah. and yeah, that's hard, but that's fine because that is like when you're done, it's going to work everywhere. The math is going to work. Right. Math, math doesn't change. Right. If you're, if you're trying to trick a browser into repainting something that's not refreshing in um, IE on Windows Phone, you're in for a world of hurt because it becomes unreliable and there's only so much you can do so that, you know, and then people are like, Oh, that's why I want a native app, but whatever. And, and then if by, by some magical, magical moment you do figure it out, then the browser updates and (laughs) you've lost it. Yeah. It's, I should, I, so anyway, the, the, that you're bringing it up, it's like flipping it around the other way for me, which is that I really like it's the, the problem isn't that the problem isn't really, um, that the design needs to be changed. The problem is they're not embracing mobile first. They're they're agreeing to to work mobile first and approve the designs in that order, but they're not embracing the power of it, and that's too bad because they're obviously in a, working on a project where they're trying to um, make some you know inroads on mobile. And if they're not embracing it, then it's kind of like, well, maybe this isn't. You they're they're building mobile first, but conceptually it's still an afterthought right it's being built first but it's not designed first right you can still run into problems if you design mobile first and you get to the big screen you can still have those moments of going huh what do i do now <laughs> right <laughs> you know you don't want to end up with a I'll, I'll 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 tease you just a little bit here and say you don't want to end up with a jonathanstark.com where it looks like <laughs> a blown up mobile site on the desktop <laughs> Well, so here's the thing, right? And this is, and, and I, that works. I get flack about it because it's like, oh, well, he thinks responsive is easy because he's doing simple designs. And I'm like, I'm like, but I, so why wouldn't I like, what benefit does it add exactly. for anyone yeah. for me to add, uh, multiple columns and come up with a bunch of content to put in there? Yeah. I wanted to throw that in there so you could defend yourself because Thank that's you. just a ridiculous argument because there's no... Like yeah, you could do something more more complex and, and fancy on your site, but and and I could do something more complex and fancy on mine. I mean, mine's mine's just as simple conceptually. It just has a little bit more decoration, and well, right now a lot more. But <laughs> compared to mine, you're, yeah. naked, you're you're nearly naked at the moment. Your site's running around in its underwear. Yes. Um. I did put boxers on at least. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. It was no au natural. Yeah, yeah. The the heart pattern is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I should have went with but, a Santa uh, Claus. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Something seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there I mean, we could we could both do more, but but what's the point? <laughs> it yeah, serves no purpose. I'm not trying, you know, it's like uh, why? It's just uh yeah. it doesn't make it it's not going to make it work better. Yeah, if you were presenting a large portfolio of stuff, then 
Okay, yeah, maybe if I was a photographer, then it would have more pictures. It's like, like I'm yeah. not a photographer and it's, it's in fact, I would, I would put my site in my portfolio as web design because of the things that are not visible, which is how fast it loads, how high it ranks in search because of the content and the way it's organized and the yep. uh, speed that it loads at the fact that it is mobile friendly. And now Google's ranking that. Why am I going to put stuff on there to ruin all that, which is to me part of the design? Because if design is the way it works and not the way it looks, then mm-hmm. my it, then my work's pretty great. Yeah. And Des- design versus decoration. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like so if someone can make the argument why my site needs to be more immersive, then please hit me up on Twitter and let me know. But uh, I it's funny because I've got the I've got the redesign coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, because it got postponed, and I, I'm gonna—I kind of don't want to do it now. <laughs> I like the way it is. Uh, I went—I went nuts with the type. I indented the paragraphs and changed the way the whole. Th- it. I just—I dig it. It's like easy to read, loads wicked fast. It's, you know, what's yeah, a, what I think else? The, on, the only, <clears throat> the only reason there is for for more more design. The only reason was maybe a marketing one. And I mean, I think that's a valid reason because your audience is going to have certain expectations about the visual appearance of something. But those expectations are not that this site has three columns and a JavaScript slider. And and when you click on this button, something spins and your page scrolls and your background doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I get, I see sites like that and I'm like, oh, cool. Like I have a a friend who's just like, hey, I'm looking for a job. Uh, I noticed you're connected with these people on LinkedIn. Could you you know, send me, could you introduce me? So I said, sure. Like what's, how do you want me to introduce you? I know you just got out of your master's program. What are you trying to do now? Mm-hmm. And uh, so she sends me a link to her website and it's like every bell and it's, it's very tasteful. It's obviously like some kind of really advanced bootstrap theme. You know, it's got the, mm-hmm. like, it's got the, the parallax scrolling and it's got the things fading in as you get to a certain point in the page and all, yeah. all that stuff. And I'm like, <sighs> You know, she she's not a web developer. She's she's, and I'm like I'm like this looks not. And I admit I'm like wow cool, but you know, there's really not that much content there. It's like one page of content that's yeah, all yeah, spread out all over the place because <laughs> it's so like fans. And I'm totally not knocking her. It's it's really cool. And I think it, it one thing it does say is that. You know, it's kind of like she went the extra mile. And if she doesn't have a ton of content and doesn't have a ton of experience, then it communicates that at least she went to the effort to right, buy right. a theme and take her website seriously. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't. I would add, so let me put it like this. I would add features to my site if I thought there was a reason to. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you go to my contact page, my contact page is zhuzhed up more than any other page on the site. It's got some icons, you know, some, some like, it's got some icons, it's got some, um, uh, it's got a form, has form fields, so I had to deal with that. And it's got a couple of extra things, but I, I don't know, I just, I just can't, I don't see the argument. But, but please, if you, do, if someone says like, oh, you know what? I'd hire you like crazy. If you just added a hero image to the homepage, like, <laughs> like a one megabyte picture of you on stage somewhere, you know, like, <laughs> is that really going to get me more jobs? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's like my side. I mean, I, 
I have very little content. I'm not looking for a job right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, the only reason I have anything there is just because I've had something there for the last 12 years, and I can't imagine not having anything there, you know? Yeah, you got to keep your sight. But I mean... Yeah. So, I don't know. So it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm open to argument. I, I definitely... I definitely get it. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about putting a, my picture on there somewhere. But, like, yeah, right and, now... Yeah, and maybe, maybe some, some, like, some, some color. <laughs> There's blue. There's blue, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I get that, that there are design expectations that are purely visual that, that certain people have. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Your site functionally doesn't need any more than it has, but a lot of people might potentially be turned off by going to it and going, oh, it's it's black text and blue links on a white background and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's 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 very nineteen ninety eight of you. But, <laughs> but it's it's not. If you if you if you take just a couple of seconds to look closer, you realize it's not. But so uh, a place where the layout is super important mm-hmm. where layout is super important it is posters. Like concert yes. posters uh, movie posters and why is that because they're trying to attract you from far away so yeah, they're they're like three feet tall yeah it needs to be a bold design statement because there's a ton of text on there that's too small to read and you need to you need to for someone from far away who cannot read it needs to be able to recognize that that's something that they think is cool and they want to go find out more about it so there's like uh, yeah i mean the, the poster uh, screaming hey come over here <laughs> right a website's not like that you're not like no. browsing you're not like browsing like a directory of thumbnails of websites and deciding which one to go to in which case I absolutely would that's funny now that I talk about the poster thing because it's mm-hmm. it's almost like app icons if you're in the store in an app store and you're looking at all these app icons and you see like somebody used like clip art icons to create their their home screen icon for their app I am not remotely going to click on that <laughs> no and if my that's, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, if my website was shoulder to shoulder being judged with other you know icons that were just a, a screen a teeny screenshot of my homepage, you better believe it wouldn't be black text on a white background, <laughs> right? Because that would just it would it wouldn't even it would look like it didn't load, you know? Because if you can't read yeah. the if you can't read the words, there's no site. <laughs> <laughs> so. But you never view a website that way. It just never happens. You're never like standing way back looking at like 15 websites and deciding which one you're going to go into. No, I, I don't. I don't um, pull up a random grid of websites each morning and go, okay, which one catches my eye today? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Although maybe, maybe, maybe I should. That might be kind of interesting. Oh, well, I actually, I uh, Google just changed, uh, Chrome changed the way their bookmarks work. So now you do have a grid of like the last screenshot of the last page you viewed. Oh, uh, is that is, on the nightly? Cause I don't have that update. So uh, I might be, I might be running a beta desktop. That's one thing. And the other thing is, uh, in Android 5.0, um, every view is in the, I guess, I don't even know if they still call it the app switcher, but the, the rightmost button of the three buttons on Android Mm-hmm. Uh, opens up a, a view switcher. Your recent, your recent views, yeah. Yeah, it's actually very similar to the way it works on the Fire, Kindle Fire. 
Um, so it's not like you don't have like one thing for Chrome and then you open up Chrome and then inside of that there's tabs. In fact, they took the tabs which are out of Chrome completely. Uh, so it's just views. So you could have like, you could have two Twitter, win like native Twitter app windows open in the app switcher. In the app switcher. This yeah. will help me a lot because you know what I did yesterday? Hmm. I closed 40, 43 tabs in Chrome for mobile. <laughs> because there's not a good interface there for managing tabs. There's like that one little button, but yeah. there, there's no way to, it doesn't even, it doesn't even look like a tab. Right. You know, it's just. So I forget that all the time that, oh, I'm opening a new tab because it doesn't look like a tab. Right. You just go in and you close all. Yeah. And they fall off the side and you're like, wow, I had a lot of tabs open. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so now, so the, what I'm getting to is that this is another piece of interface where my site does kind of. Where design, where visual appearance might matter more. A little bit more, but at the same time, the important thing is that you're, is that the person can, you know, it's someone who was already on your site. So yeah. the important thing is they can find their way back to it. And, and that, uh, that's true. And, and the way your site is now, if you pull it up in that, in that app switcher, it's like, Oh, you're going to be able to not only see what it is, you can probably freaking read the site from within the app switcher. Yeah, you can. It's, it stands, it stands out. And this is sort of a side note um, in, let's see, is it a version of Chrome or is it a version of Android? I guess it's, I guess it's, you have to be Android 5.0 and whatever the latest version of Chrome is. You can add a meta tag to your website that, that applies your, whatever color you want to the Chrome of Chrome. Mm. So, you know, in Firefox on the desktop forever, you could apply a theme to the, like yeah. the URL bar and the, you know, the empty screens and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. You can do that on, uh, on Chrome now too. So if you put a, a tag, it's, I think it's a uh, theme color. Um, mm -hmm. and just put like, you know, I put the primary blue color that's, that I'm using for the links in there. And like, so when you see it in the app switcher, instead of it being gray with a little, uh, favicon of my head, then it's like, Oh, there is a picture on my site. Now that I think of it. <laughs> favicon of your head. Yeah. Instead of it being that it's this like Royal blue color. So when you, you yeah. can su find it super fast in the app switcher. Yeah. Yeah. But but I guess the I guess you know I I will say that if it does become more common for people to be viewing sites as thumbnail screenshots of the homepage, then it might be, then I would probably be more likely to do something fancier with the design so it looked good when you couldn't read it. Right. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, my my whole point is that from a design standpoint, we're not saying, I'm saying mobile first means it's going to be less designed. It just means you working working within the constraints of, of of mobile to to create a better design and taking advantage of the the and yeah superpowers. You know, like whatever, if it's being able to send an SMS by clicking a link, or initiating a phone call with a click, or opening a map, or using your location. There's tons of things you can do in a mobile browser mm -hmm. that don't work on the desktop. Yep. Did you have other thoughts on that? Um, you know, not a, not a whole lot. It was kind of one of those things that was just kind of, kind of, kind of percolating in the back of my mind that I hadn't really gotten out there in any sort of, sort of logical coherent way and just wanted to throw it at you and, and get your thoughts on it too. And, and that sort of thing. I'm glad you did because it did kind of, um, give me a little more nuance to my, feelings on the subject and dear listener we would love to hear what you think about it because this is this is something that is um 
I know, I, you know, when I'm doing consulting work, I face these kinds of arguments all the time. So it's good to face them in advance for practice. <laughs> uh, because it's one thing to like, be confident that you're right. But it's another thing to be able mm -hmm. to communicate that. And it, uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is that sometimes there are, it does happen with a, 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 some degree of regularity that people do have business constraints that talk me out of my default position on things. But I hate when that I hate when it happens just because somebody is like louder in the meeting. I'd it's it's much nicer when it's like okay, that's a valid. Con I can see the validity of that. You will yeah. you will literally yeah. lose money. Yeah, we're we're having one such discussion through email right now. I think about the uh, renewal length. No desktop notification versus SMS integrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're talking what we're talking about is notifications, which is something that doesn't really work on desktop nearly the way it works on mobile. So yeah, let's talk about notifications for a second because that is a superpower of mobile. Because um, you get your your mobile phone is virtually always in hands reach. It's virtually always on. It's virtually always connected. Mm -hmm. It it is is directly addressable, meaning that you can send SMS to it. You can and send. It makes noise and vibrates and lights up. <laughs> yeah, a core feature of a phone is that it can interrupt you. It's a yeah, like the original <laughs> phone it had to have. That, that's the whole point of a phone. <laughs> the alert mechanism. Without the alert mechanism, there you'd just be randomly picking up the phone to see if someone was there. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you'd have to agree in advance that you're going to speak at three o'clock tomorrow. Right. It reminds me when um uh, when I was little, we used to live way out in the country, and we still had a party line. Oh yeah. Remember party lines. And so, yeah, it was like you'd randomly pick up the phone and someone would be talking. <laughs> right. That sounds like fun, actually. Oh, we, we had the, an, a, um, a neighbor of the road who loved to listen in on people's conversations. Sure. We had, so we, this is a little bit horrifying. We were, um, you know, we've had a little kid in the house for five years, which yeah. means baby monitors. And uh, when the neighbors, we have new-ish new neighbors, they have a baby too. And we get crosstalk on our baby monitors. So you got to be careful what you say. Yeah, my my dad and I used to take like handheld radios and and drive around and listen to baby monitors. Yeah, they're wide open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't talk about your neighbors if you have a baby monitor. So, okay. Um what I mean to say is our neighbors are the best. I love our neighbors. <laughs> I wish they would come speak over. Speak a little more. louder into the monitor there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speak directly into the flowers. Um okay, so core feature of phones especially like mobile phones not tablets as much but core feature is that they're directly addressable and they're built to interrupt you that is a core feature of the device and there are and, and because it is it, because of that there's these social mores around people being able to get in touch with you because they know that you know so like if erica wants to, wants to find something out and i don't if she texts me or messages me or whatever and i don't get back to her in five minutes i start getting the so you're ignoring me you know, it, they are just, you dead? Right, right. So it's like you can't shut the thing off without making people angry. Like you're either totally antisocial, and I have friends that are like that. They just like, sorry, I'm not doing it, which I can understand. But once you've, Richard. yeah, yeah, or, yeah, just, tons yeah. of them. But once you go there, then it's tough to back out of it. That's funny because I. I have my phone, but a lot of times I like if I get messages and things on my phone, I the only time I will respond right away is if it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. I respond to text messages a lot more than I do something coming through over IM. Yeah, I, I isn't that weird? 
So it is weird. I saw a statistic the other day because I've been researching SMS a lot. Open rates for SMS, which sounds silly to even think of a concept of an open rate for an SMS because the thing's open. Right. You're like, right there on your. Yeah, you get the notification. You already read it. It's too late. <laughs> it's like the open rates are ninety eight percent. And wow. Yeah. People, you know why people open them? To get them off their startup screen, to get right. them off their lock screen. Yeah. Right. But you read it, and the because you you need to know mm-hmm. if you if it's garbage or not. So right. there's that. Go, well, I've opened it. I need to read it. Yeah. And so I, the other thing is that ninety percent of them are opened within three minutes. So they're super immediate, super powerful, um, and they and and virtually every device going back to the '90s supports SMS. Every yeah, mo- that's, mobile phone. That's that's an insane open rate compared to say email. Yeah, email. It's like industry average is like thirty five, forty percent, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I know if it if it's not if I get an email that's not work related, it's rare that I open it. Right, and if you do open it, it'll probably be way later. Yeah. So it's not as immediate. It's not as effective. Like I'll, I'll read the subject line and go, oh, okay, that's what this is, and trash it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so the point being that is if you, if you are doing something that involves marketing a product or a service, then SMS is a very powerful thing for you. It, it's also, it can blow up in your face, but still, it's a powerful thing. Uh, email, obviously, email marketing is a big deal, um, and that is, obviously, it works on desktop and mobile. It works pretty much everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. not dumb phones so much, but you know, any smartphone, any laptop, any tablet, um, but it's not as effective and it's not as pushy, so to speak. Uh, another kind of notification is, is, um, push notifications, or as I've started to think of them, push interactions, because now they have now push notifications are, you know, they have been on Android for a while where you can actually do stuff inside the notification itself without opening an app. So right. like you get a, you get like a Twitter, like, oh, someone mentioned you. And then it'll say like reply star right there. Yeah. Right there, right there in the notification. Or I'll get, <clears throat> I get one every day that says, oh, this is, or, or, well, not every day, but if I'll get one at six o'clock. If it's going to rain tomorrow, I'm going to get a notification that says, hey, it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can pull down from there and, and then see like the forecast for the next five days or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, well, and, and on iOS, they, uh, iOS 8, I guess they introduced interactive notifications. So, yeah, so yeah, and they've got, yeah. Well, just, Sorry, I, I, I was going to, yeah, I was going to add to that, but I'll hold off for a minute. Okay. Well, the, the thing that, the thing that I'm getting at in pointing all this out is that they're, these are mobile features by and large. This is, these, yeah. And and especially SMS and especially push notifications. Obviously, push notification yeah. requires yeah. it. Okay, okay, now I'll say it. Okay, <laughs> because they've added a lot of these mobile interactions to the the notification center, or Apple anyway, mm-hmm. to your notification center in um, in OS X. Yes. No one cares. No one ever uses it. <laughs> right. Things you never open. You don't need notifications then. It's like. When my phone rings and it comes up on my computer, I, it's just one more thing for me to sh- stop. Dismiss, yeah. I've got my phone. I don't need it on my computer. Okay, so anyway. So the the point is that these are all part of the mobile experience. And, and when you're if you're designing mobile first, the, you should be considering all these things. So like if you're going to send it, it, part of your strategy, again, this is assuming you're you're selling like assuming you have some kind of e-commerce site or you're selling services or something you're trying to get leads right. for your business 
Um, if you have some kind of mobile strategy, it should include all of these things. You should be thinking, okay, you know, if we have a native app, then how are we going to deal with these push interactions? We're going to be exposing pieces of our app that we cannot design. We basically are sending an alert that has two buttons on it, and we can pick the text, period. Um, if we're sending an SMS, we can't design that. There's no HTML in there. Um, mm -hmm. We can send designed emails, but I feel like that is almost counterproductive because it's so difficult to make them render properly across all the devices, especially the way email works. Yeah, email is, that's something that's, that's remained very archaic, the way mm -hmm. HTML emails work. Yeah, it's very difficult to do in a responsive way. And so all of these things are part of a mobile design. Because, you know, you have, you'll be sending them to mobile, and then when people interact with them, you need to respond to them on mobile. So if you send mm -hmm. an email or SMS that has a link, you want that link to go to a page that is going to be appropriate for a mobile phone. And not go to, like, you know, some, some like, horrible, like, f f fixed position navigation that covers the entire screen, and then there's a, a full screen modal dialogue takeover, and you can't hit the close button because <laughs> you can't scroll the screen. And, you know, like, why did you even send me that email? Yeah. You know, anyway, so just to tie it back to before when, you know, talk about an immersive experience, if you're using SMS push notifications and email, that's, I feel like that's a much more, that's like a, a much more immersive in a multi-channel marketing kind of way experience. Yeah. SMS is a lot more personal too. Oh, totally. I mean, you have to be careful with SMS or you're going to make people really mad. Yeah, uh, and yeah you, that's true. And you can get yourself blocked by the carriers. So, um, but if it is... If it is relevant to the person, it's extremely effective. So for, for things like, oh, I don't know, a podcast where um, the majority of people are listening to it on their phones and we wanted to do something like share show notes, I could say, you know, we could say text. Get to get this week's show notes, text. Yeah, text yeah. links to 38470. And, you know, the people can pull out their phone. I'll wait. Text links to 38470. And like, boom. Boom. You get an SMS back from us. It says, you know, whatever. It's like it's it's a mobile experience, but it's not mm -hmm. a web experience. It's not. It's weird. It's like this. It's just a mobile experience, and it, it ties together web and email and SMS and everything. It's a it's a it is a more immersive experience, um, because it's not constrained to like the confines of a mobile browser. It, it's more it's more holistic than that. Right. So, okay, so the, the reason, all, so we're talking about notifications, saying that it's a very specifically mobile thing. Yes, you can send notifications to a desktop, but you're not carrying your desktop around your pocket. So the notifications are going to go unseen for a long period of time. That's just not nearly as effective. Yeah, and if I'm doing something, if I'm doing something on my desktop, I'm a lot, lot less inclined to actually allow myself to be interrupted. Like I can ignore, I can ignore a notification that pops up in the top right corner of my window and keep writing code. Right. Because writing code is more important than that notification. Yeah. When you're like either of us, when we're on our machines, we're working. Yeah. So I'm less likely to click on, you know, uh, an email from or, or a push notification from, I don't know, Everyday Carry or Kaufman Mercantile which I love. I love both of those things. And I, I it's mm -hmm. dangerous when I go on their sites because I've spent a hundred bucks that <laughs> like, and not even realize it. But I, but still when I'm working, I don't care. I'll just delete it because I don't want it in my inbox because I'm trying to work. Yeah. If I get it on my phone when I'm standing in line or walking somewhere, okay, I'm definitely going to click on it. 
Okay, so anyway, so what we're so the the thing we're working up to is that um, for sticky albums, there's a concept of needing to send notifications to kind of coach people along through an educational process. Mm-hmm. And we're in the conversation now. It's like, do if yeah, this is tough. I I think I think SMS is the way to go for sure because the the notification is like two X more likely to reach the person in a timely fashion, maybe three X more likely. Right. Even if the person doesn't want to view that content on a mobile device, they're going to get the notification that says, Hey, there's new stuff here. You should check it out when you get a chance. Right. Reminders. Hey, you're running behind in your schedule. You're supposed to be this far up or whatever. And so the flip side argument is that, um, we should use desktop notifications because, that is the context in which they'll be able to act on the reminder. Uh-huh. And so I'm sort of of two minds of that. One is, well, we should make it so they could act on it on mobile. I don't know if that's possible, but that's one idea. And the other one is... Um, My first idea. Yeah, I mean, that's that seems like the thing to do. Um, but the, you know, but the other, the flip side of it is that this could be uh, a place where the business logic does warrant an exception. And in fact, there are a lot of exceptions with sticky that, that I've made to Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff we do on the show, at least with the front end stuff that I work on, because there'd be no product if it wasn't installable home screen, (laughs) like it requires JavaScript, but if it didn't, there wouldn't be a product. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, a lot of defaults we're not using on sticky. Yeah. And this might be one of of them. Yeah, this might be one of them where the the thing is like, well, okay, so now somebody's out getting coffee, they get a notification that they're supposed to complete this this video walkthrough that they aren't going to do in line because video is kind of a horrible thing to do on the move. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to leave your phone screen on, you can't put it in your pocket, uh, it shuts off if you if you close the screen, you can't just listen to the audio, it totally right, you shuts have to off. Look at it. You have to look at it constantly instead of watching where you're going. <laughs> right. So so okay the content might not be applicable to mobile that's that's the part it should be like we should make it so it is i don't like that part there should be a podcast version or something mm-hmm. i don't i'm not familiar with the content though so i can't really make that statement yet but um but it all doesn't it all tie back to like what you what you're saying about like designing from a mobile first standpoint not just like not just building the mobile website first so that you can end up getting this beautiful immersive parallax desktop you know, design, but to like yeah, really embrace no, all. Yeah, the- you're. Yeah, it's like instead, you know, embrace embrace mobile, and look at the different ways that um, maybe it's a small screen, maybe it's SMS notifications, maybe it's email. More than likely, it's or maybe it's a native app. More than likely, it's some combination of three or four different things, but you have those things available to you that mobile gives you that the desktop doesn't. Hmm. So embrace that and use that to create a rich and immersive experience. Yeah. Like imagine this, like we, we send an SMS, Hey, you know, don't forget you, you didn't do this thing yet that you said you were going to do. And then you could say, reply with remind me later or click on this link Mm -hmm. to do it now. Yeah. Or reply with, Oh, I I already did it because maybe you did it and forgot to mark it done. Right. Yeah. You could have like a, you could take a couple (laughs) of responses there. You never have to open an app, never have to open a website. And just like, just boom, boom, done. That would yeah, be so cool. Or you could say, and you know, uh, email me later, 
so you open it on your mm-hmm. desktop. Yeah, or or hey, we have a new course available for such and such. Do you want to do it? Yes, no. Right. No. Okay. Well, we, you'll never see it again, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we it'll be interesting to see what direction we go. Yeah. I think there's arguments on both sides, um, for sure. And believe I, I want to write the desktop notification thing. I want to. I've never built it. I've never worked with it. I've I've read it, but I haven't Same. worked with it. Yeah, it'd be fun yeah, to do. Like I got, I got excited. I got exci- excited about the schema stuff in Gmail that you can do now. I'm like, oh, I want to play with that. Yeah, you know? I, had, I hadn't heard about that actually. When I read that was the first I read of it. But all I've seen, I've seen it though. I've seen yeah. somebody, some people that are using it. Like yeah, I like every Basecamp it. notification that comes in has it. Oh really? Yeah. If you look at your in your in your emails from Basecamp, mm-hmm. there's a there's a view in Basecamp link button at the right of every email. Oh, in the inbox. Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's cool, but it's like, and yes, Gmail has massive penetration, but it's not the most used email service. So right. I'm like, I'm like, that's really cool, but I'd really rather do something that's going to hit everybody. You know, if we're going to, I mean, I'd rather do all of it. Like, let's do all of it. Right. But if it comes to. <laughs> right. I mean, if, if we're going to, if we're going to do the desk, go the desktop route, then that's something I want to do just because I think it's in that context, it's more useful and, and it interests me. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And those, but yeah, those those work even when the. I know they work when your um, the page doesn't have to be open for them to work. But does the browser have to be open? I'm not sure about does that. Browser have, does the browser have to be open? I think the browser has to be open. I think like like and it's got to be browser specific. So we're gonna write a Safari and a and a. No, maybe it's not. It's a standard, right? Desktop notification API yeah, is a standard. Not. Have to look on can I use. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to either, you know, I don't know, it would probably be you building it, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that works, but I it doesn't seem like the most effective thing. Right. So, we'll see. Yeah, it's that's like, oh, that's really interesting. Not sure it's the best idea. Right. But it's cool. I want to try it. Yeah, and we can send Nate this episode to listen to so we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Here's what we think. Episode 139, is it really? 39, wow. Yeah, holy mackerel. You know what that means. We're almost up to 140, and you know what that means. We into, ah, we haven't had one of those in a while. I know. One sec. Hello. This just in. I have been selected to receive a free cruise to the Bahamas. Wow. Uh, I have a confession to make. I used to mm. make I used to make those exact calls when I was in college. So, oh, did you? Yeah, literally exactly what you just said. You've been <laughs> you did not win. You've been selected <laughs> this was to automated. receive. Oh, they've oh, they've, this was automated. they've come yeah. a long way then. You've been replaced with a small shell script. Oh, thank God. It was an awful job. It's awful. You feel it sounds so, like an awful job. Feel so dirty. The worst was when you get someone and they were like, "Yes, I never win anything." And, uh, and I have to be like, "I, you, you, you didn't. You didn't. We're just trying win to anything. sell you this. You've been selected to receive, and you have to go look at a condo on the Cape. <laughs> Bring your checkbook. Yeah. Ugh, it was a dark time." <laughs> Um, okay, so you, so now that now that I feel awful. We can <laughs> yeah. Speaking of old jobs, uh-huh. we didn't do this in housekeeping, but there's a certain video I think we should mention. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. 
uh, <laughs> I've pro- I'm sure I've mentioned on the, fo- the, the podcast that I went to music school and like my undergraduate degrees in music. And in, uh, I graduated in the early nineties last millennium. And I was in a band <laughs> in Boston called the balls. And our very first show is finally available on YouTube at long last. There's been great demand. There's been great demand. We're just waiting for my account to get approved to post videos longer than an hour. I would have done it a long time ago. But yes, by the miracle of science, we had some wacko with a camcorder, because that was what you used. Yeah. uh, Actually record a video of the balls. And I have to say, it was one of our best shows, even though it was the first. So. (laughs) So if you don't like that show, you won't like any of the other ones. (laughs) But it's like classic '90s cartoon punk, yeah, with wigs and fake marshals and a light-up sign. Certainly worth watching a couple of minutes. But we'll link to that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Heavily Spinal Tap influenced. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that wraps. I think so. I think that's it. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Did you say bye? Oh. Bye. <laughs> Space Cadet says bye. Space Cadet says bye. It's usually me. It's usually me. No.